Hey landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management with tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools. You'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, head over to KeyCheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. Welcome to Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the place for everything midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. It's your host, Kelly Bailey, and my marketing director of Furnished Finder, Katie Lyon. What do you think about today's episode, Katie? Hey, hey. Today's episode was so, so fun. We got to talk about tiny living, which I feel like is like such a hot topic so interesting so many things that are like overwhelming and daunting and Cheryl has solutions to all of it like she has gone through the process and gone through the weeds and now she's here to help everyone else out who's interested in tiny living but gets overwhelmed so definitely take a listing or take a listen it's 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 pretty cool Hi, everyone. We are so happy to be back and uh, have you listening with us. Thank you so much for subscribing and being a part of our show. You make it better. So today we get a glimpse of tiny living at its best. Cheryl Smith is CEO and founder of Beyond Tiny, a company that helps others design their dream tiny houses. She has tiny homes, RVs and vintage trailers all available on Furnish Finder and nurses are raving about them. If you'd like to connect with Cheryl, you can go to www.beyondtiny.com. Hi Cheryl, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm good. Hi, it's so good to be here. So good to see you both. Tiny Living is such a rave. I'm so excited to, you know, just have a, a, a tiny section. It's so much fun. Um, so Cheryl and I did an overview of her properties uh, prior to this recording. So she has eight um, tiny living spaces in total. Three tiny homes, one studio apartment, two motor homes, and two vintage, vintage trailers. And all of them are under 300 square feet or less. And uh, Cheryl and I have discussed how important it is to make sure your tiny living spaces are self-sufficient. So that's what we want to talk about first is, Cheryl, how do you make sure each space is ready to go and self-sufficient? I think the most important thing is you think about what you need in a regular house. Um, You need the kitchen full bathroom place to take a shower place to brush your teeth (laughs) get ready for work in the morning a place to to do your laundry and then a place to relax and sleep you know watch tv veg out when you're not working 
And um, if you can capture all of those things in a small space, which is what I focus on, then I think you're good. So what are some of those? Let's let's talk about the motorhomes first. What do you need for a motorhome to make it self-sufficient? The good thing about a motorhome is that um, they generally already come stocked, if you will. You've already got your water heaters, so you've got hot water. You've already got generally a full bathroom, generally a full kitchen. Um, depending upon the year and make of the motorhome depends on if you need to like upgrade your TV. So what we do in with all of ours is we upgrade the TV and we put in a nice flat screen with surround sound. And then we have um, our entertainment package, if you will, with Amazon sticks. And I think the biggest thing that our, our nurses enjoy are the, the, everyone gets Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus, and then they also have two other apps which allow them to get all of their local TVs, plus they mm. can get all the movies that are currently in the movie theaters, ESPN, as well as pay-per-view. Sweet. Yes. Sounds like you never have to leave your house. Exactly. <laughs> the nurses that are like, I'm, I'm so hooked. I'm so hooked on this. And for some of my long-term, I've, I've had some occupational therapists, I've had three now, who have been with me nine months um, because they work for the school district. So they're on a contract with the school district. And during the time they stay with me, they, once they see what I offer, they they cancel their Netflix, they cancel their Hulu. <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's what it's about. You know, enjoy, you know. Mm-hmm. You are taking care of those travelers. I love it. <laughs> so with the RVs, what about like the toilet? How does the toilet work? Because I think you normally have to drive an RV off the site uh, and I'm sure you probably don't do that. So how do you make sure you're self-sufficient with your toilets and, it, you know, the rest of the setup? What we do is with everything. Um, everything is hooked directly into the septic system, whether it's on my property. We have other properties. Um, so it's always hooked into the sewer. Great. That's that's key because the last thing you want is, you know, your holding tank is only so, so big for your gray water or your black water. Your black water is your pee and poop. Your gray water is your shower, your kitchen sink, all of that stuff. So when those holding tanks get full, if you don't have a place to dump those, which is only going to take maybe tops five days to seven days, depending upon how much they're using them. Now you have to unhook everything. Now you're taking their home, right, right. <laughs> down to the local dump station to dump everything. And that's not pleasant because they're like, where are you going with my stuff? So, <laughs> um, so we have everything hooked up um, into the sewer as well. And the same thing with our propane. For the motorhomes, they also use propane for the stoves. So we have external propane tanks that are small that we can just, that we've, connected into our main propane tank and okay. we can bypass our main propane tank so that they're only working off the external. The externals we could throw in the back of the car or the truck, take those down to the local propane place and get them filled and bring them back again, not disrupting the tenants whatsoever. That's great. 
All right. So I have a question yes. here because I feel like there has to be a good story of how did how did you get involved with Tiny Living? How did this all start? <laughs> and then also, are all of your properties on one in one area together? Like, do you have your own little village? Good question. Such, such great questions. Um, because like, there had like you don't just wake up one day and you have tiny homes, right? No. Like there, there's, I know there's a backstory. There's here. definitely a backstory, and there's a long mission behind all this. <laughs> <laughs> well, give it, give us the quick and dirty. <laughs> um, so I fell in love with tiny houses probably five or six years ago. You know, being addicted to HGTV and watching all of the shows. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are so cool. I can live there. I just want to live by myself on 10 acres with my shotgun and German Shepherd. (laughs) (laughs) Just crazy thoughts. And um, then I got kind of serious about it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. And I bought a shell. I bought my first tiny house from a young lady up in the Bay Area in California and which was a good eight hour drive from where I lived and she was building this tiny house she was renting some property she was going to get into farming and stuff because I guess the farming out there is really great and she was living by herself young girl maybe 25 26 and that was going to be her dream she was going to live on the property in her tiny house she was building it so she had the four walls up on a tiny house trailer. And so it was just the framing. And well, then she got involved with this young man. They got engaged. He didn't see the tiny house vision. And so she had to sell. (laughs) And they were going to go live their own life, whatever that was going to be. So I lucked out. It was a nice shell, even though I had to redo. There's a lot that I had to redo. The flooring had to be redone. The, uh, the roof, which was again, just framing. So I, I, I redid all of that fast forward a year. Cause it took a year to build that first mm-hmm. tiny house. Um, it was me, a contractor and my plumber and my electrician. That was it. You know, so my electrician and plumber, of course they were in and out just depending upon where we were in the build. And, uh, then it was done and it was beautiful and I loved it and it was fantastic. And I got scared. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to Airbnb it. No, people are going to come in. They're going to ruin my tiny house. I'm going to be so <laughs> And did you have personal land that you were putting this on? Yes. Yeah, so this, this particular okay. one is on my property um, on a piece of concrete that I had put there years prior when my daughter was playing basketball. We did a we put a basketball court in the backyard. Okay, twenty by thirty slab. So it just was sitting there because, of course, she's grown now out of the house, and so it was just a perfect space for it. Um, and I was just nervous. I was just so scared to rent it. And so again, for three months, I sat there, and then one of my cousins said, "Have you thought about renting to travel nurses?" I was like, oh, "Boom, light bulb." And so I started researching where do, you know, travel nurses find housing, you know, and furnished finder kept popping up and I listed it. And within three days it was rented. Wow. And I was like, this is cool. So I'm like, I got to do this again. 
So then built another one. Then I got into vintage trailers. That was a whole nother animal because vintage trailers, your walls are super thin. So your framing mm-hmm. is different than a tiny house when you can actually use two by fours. And you're not worried right. that you're going to go, your screw's going to go through the outside because your wall's only this thin, you know. It was just, it, it, it was different, but I loved it too. And um, mm-hmm. so I have three on my property here. And then I have, I manage a couple of others. And then I have the other ones that are on another property that we have. And okay. that's where we, you know, the motorhomes are over there. Um, and then we actually put in place another RV spot, if you will, on that same property because I had a nurse who was staying with us. She stayed in two of our properties because she saw the builds going on and she's like, Oh, I like that one. I want to stay in that one next. And so when that one would be done, she'd jump over that one. Oh, how fun. She bought a small RV while she was with us. And for four months, she hired my contractor and she redid the entire inside. So we built an RV station, if you will, where she had her own hookup, water and sewer on that same property. So I still have that as well. Like if I had a nurse who said, Hey, I'm I'm traveling with my own RV. Do you have a place for me? Yeah, we do. And they could come and stay. So I hope that answered your question. That does. Yeah. Well, I just, I know that with tiny living, like a lot of people, it's a, it's a big first hurdle is where am I going to put this thing? Because there are, if you don't like regulations and policies, and like you said, you have to have the proper hookups and stuff. So, uh, I mean, I can only imagine that that stops a lot of people right in their tracks. Um, You know, I think people just get scared and they don't know where to start. And that's, you know, people that have called me and talked to me or stopped me in Lowe's or Home Depot, you know, well, how did you get started? What did you do? You know, when you, you get through that initial fear, like you said, I think then it's not so scary, you know? So is that where you saw the opportunity to be able to help others kind of past that overwhelm and fear is like, okay, I'm going to step in yes, and begin this, this business of helping others do what I've done. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I've had people come take tours of the property because they want to see like, how are you hooked up? What is your sewer system? Right. What is, and then I I'm huge on taking photos during builds. So I'm able to show people pictures of the trenches and the dirt where they, so they can see like what we were connecting things to and what, why one sump pump is better than another sump pump. And you know, all of those things, because not all are the same and not all needs are equal depending upon, what your plumbing situation is in your either tiny house, your trailer, whatever it might be. And um, those things are, are really crucial at the beginning of the build. You have to know <laughs> your way forward before you get started. And that was, I, I made so many mistakes on my first build because I didn't know, you know? Right. Um. So for those that are already interested in tiny house living and they're like, yes, I want to take my first step. 
can you give them an idea of, you know, I think it took you a year to set up your first one. Um, what do the costs look like for building a tiny house, setting up the, the water, the electric, um, the plumbing? Uh, what does that look like cost-wise and time-wise? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30 day plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord shoulders, head over to FurnishedFinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you. I think you can go depending upon the size that you want, depending upon if you find one that's already somewhat started, not finished by, right. a, long, by, mm -hmm. by a long shot. Um, I would say anywhere from 30 to 80,000, depending upon what you're looking to do. Um, when the interest rates were better, I helped a couple of people who were able to take advantage of the equity in their home. They pulled equity out. Mm -hmm. They got a super low interest rate, you know, when interest rates were like 3.1, 3.2. And they used that equity and put a tiny house in their backyard and started renting it. That's awesome. You know, which That's nice. so awesome. was great. It's passive income. It's money while you sleep, you know, because right. even though technically you can make more money doing the Airbnb thing um, mm -hmm. um, because you can, you can charge more per night, but for the people like me who I have like a million other things going on, I need something that can, can just be functional in the background. And if I know that everything that I'm providing is what a nurse or another short-term tenant is looking for, it's kind of hands off, you know, the only time, right. I hear from them is, hey, all of a sudden Netflix isn't working. You know, what's the password? You know, I'll text you. Right. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but other than that, it's it's kind of, it's self-sufficient and they love it. That's and, amazing. Awesome. And the other thing is we make everything very luxurious. It's not just about the build itself. So it's all about your outdoor living space too, especially smart. in tiny spaces they want to get outside. They want to smell right. the fresh air, you know, and barbecue. They all have their own private barbecue. They all have their own private, you know, awning and seating area. Um, two of them have private jacuzzis. One has a jacuzzi and a sauna. So, so cool. you know, just so they can feel like luxurious while they're, while they're working, you know, and one of the tiny houses has, a tenant here from Boeing. Um, so I've just started getting into other types of travelers other than just nurses. And she's mm -hmm. here on an 18 month assignment from Washington wow. state. Yeah. But she loves it. She's, she's in the jacuzzi. She's. <laughs> that's my spot. I'd be in there. Right? <laughs> but that's what it's about, you know, it's about people being comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
I think my last question for the, you know, making everything self-sufficient uh, portion of it is, um, I believe you've tried a large variety of washer and dryers. So for those that, you know, we have a we have a cottage in our temple house, and that's one thing it doesn't have yet that I'm looking to add. So which ones have you found are not very efficient and which ones are great that, uh, you know, your travelers have, have been impressed by? So the convenience of a self, uh, how do I say it, a washer dryer combo. So it's one washing machine that washes your clothes, then it changes to a drying cycle in the same machine and it dries your clothes. That machine is very good because it's, it's compact, sort of. It's, it's not huge, but it's not super small. Um, and it dries everything for you. Of course, you can't do like sheets and things like that. Um, but for your clothes and whatnot, it's no problem. So for those units that have that, I'll, I just tell my tenants, you know, when you're ready to wash your sheets, just give them to me and I'll just wash them in the house, you know, give them back to you. They're like, okay, thanks, you know, no problem. And um, that is good. So I learned from a nurse who stayed a different nurse who stayed in one of my other trailers who had, and I had a different washing machine that's supposed to have a spin dry. So for any of you looking mm. at washing machines and you are reading the descriptions, all of them will say, you know, spin dry function. That's really close to being dry. It takes no okay. time to take your clothes out and then you just hang them up. What I have in the showers of my travel trailers and my vintage trailer is like a retractable clothesline that goes in the shower. So when they take their stuff out of that washing machine, they just hang it up and it's dry within no time. So wow. the nurses who have said they use the other washing machine that I first talked about, they said the clothes come out kind of wrinkled, even though it's drying them and they might not be totally dry, but the ones who use the other, which is, by the way, way cheaper. <laughs> the other washing machine that does the spin dry, the clothes are like, they don't even have to use an iron because they just hang perfectly. Right. So I said all that to say, if you're trying to be trendy and modern and all of that, people are like, Ooh, it does both. I mean, if you want to spend the extra money and, and these things are $1,400, $1,500, they're not cheap. Okay. Versus 200 and then doing a retractable clothesline and you get a retractable clothesline that looks nice. You know, don't get one that looks like, you know, it came off your brother's farm, but something that's, you know, like nice nickel finish, you know, you can get them for 20, 30 bucks on Amazon and you use that system equally as trendy, equally as functional. And you have, you have tenants who are happy. Great. Thank you for that feedback. Yes. Oh, one more thing on that. Let me just mm -hmm. give you that. Those washing machines, let me, let me preface it with this, are generally supposed to be hooked up into a sink. Okay. So there's like mm. a fitting on the back so that when you turn on your faucet on the sink, that's how it gets water to that washing machine. We did not do it that way. We actually added to our plumbing system and we used a shower handle. You know, the ones that like go back and like back and forth and then left mm -hmm. to right for hot and cold. 
that's what we did. We mounted it on the wall. So then that way you're not moving your washing right. machine to the shower, hooking it up to a faucet. So this way it has its own little station and um, you just use the, sh the shower nozzle and it worked brilliantly. It was, it was a great retrofit solution and uh, the nurses love it. And awesome. uh, I think Cheryl has the links for that one, the the one that is more cost efficient yeah. that we can put in the show notes. I've already decided I'm going to buy one for my tiny house. It's very exciting. And uh, I have the perfect space for it. So thank you for that feedback, Cheryl. Absolutely. Katie, what, what would you like to talk about next? Well, I would love to dive more into um, how you help others design and prep and kind of get into the tiny living. Um, so Kelly, let me know that you kind you've come up with some original floor plans and that you like to kind of cater those to, um, the individual. So I'd love if I, maybe, you know, you and Yell you and Kelly can do a little bit of a role play here and Kelly, Fun. you can like, yeah, like let's, <laughs> let's say Kelly's ready for a tiny house. I am. She's, I'm ready for one. <laughs> she's ready. She wants to have it, you know, for a midterm rental, for travel nurses, traveling professionals. She is ready. So give us the Cliff Notes version, you know, take us through the process, 30,000 foot view. And let's see how this works, because I'm super curious, because I definitely fall in the bank of intrigued, <laughs> confused. <laughs> It's like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like my husband and I, we got an investment property in June and we started by looking at tiny homes. And as soon as I ran into permitting, sewer, water, I was like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> too much. It's an unknown. It is. And I just, it felt like, it felt like too big of a hurdle to overcome. Especially when I did it, I was brand new, right? I'm like, I don't know anything about this. Like, right. I'm, I'm immediately out. So walk, walk us through, like, let's find Kelly, her tiny house. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. All right. So tell me, Kelly, what are you, you're interested in tiny homes. What are you looking for exactly? How big, how small, where do you want to put it? And then we'll go from there. Well, we've had the privilege of staying in a few tiny house Airbnbs for the experience. Okay. And I find it crazy that my husband is 6'5", but he loves tiny houses. <laughs> That's awesome. It's just a unique scenario. So I know that for the bedroom, it would need to be one you can walk around so that you're not, you know, bumping your head on one of those vaulted ceilings or something. Um, Space-wise, we have an acre and a half in Belton that has a home on it currently. And I think we, at this point, we probably will add a garage conversion some point down the road because it doesn't have a garage, so it'd be a good feature. But there's plenty of space, uh, and the, the land next to it has been vac vacant the, for two years now. We might, you know, figure out who owns that land and ask, you know, if they want to sell. So let's just say we've got land for a tiny house. It has a well and septic. Okay. Sounds good. So the conversion <laughs> for the garage, is that going to be for cars actually? Or you're talking about converting it to like a studio? Studio and a, at least a two car garage for our boat and uh, for a car as well okay. or storage. Okay. 
Well, good news is, let me first start with the fact that it already has a house on it. When it has a house on it, you're able to put in at least 1,200 square feet. You're able to add an ADU, accessory dwelling. Oh, really? Yes. To the septic? To the property without getting special permits and and all of that. You're able to do that. And um, with the tiny house, though, that's on wheels, you don't run into the, or a travel trailer or a motorhome, you don't run into the permitting issues because it's on wheels. So it's not considered a permanent um, structure. Mm. It can be moved. Okay. So if you get get some crazy inspector who's like, you didn't permit this, this isn't supposed to be here. You're like, okay, cool. And you drive it off your lot and you're done. And so they don't really mess with you so much. So that's number one. So the first thing that we would do, again, since you already have a house that's there, mm-hmm. is you can run your hot and cold water you can run lines underground um, from your house, either tapped directly into your water heater in the house or into, depending on where you're placing that tiny house, it could come off of your kitchen sink, you know, again, underground, uh, bathroom, sink, shower, depending upon, again, where everything is placed. Okay. So those okay. are your options for getting water to your tiny house. Then okay. your sewer. You can find where the sewer out is on your house, and then you can run piping from the back of your tiny house into the back, into wherever your sewer out is going to the house that's going out to your septic. So if my septic's on the back left, would it be most efficient to have the tiny house on the back left, or it would just take more plumbing uh, does it need to be uphill or it can be downhill? Does it matter? Um, run is, I mean, you know, rise to run is always really mm-hmm. important. Um, if you can get a little downward slope, that's great. If not, um, are you going to be using a composting toilet or no? I don't know. I haven't researched that. Okay. What's the benefit? Okay. So let's say you're not using a composting toilet. And it's just going to be okay. a good old regular flushing toilet, pee, poop, go down there, life is good. Okay. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> so you would need a sump pump down in the ground that has a grinder at the bottom. And oh, okay. The grinder sounds does. very aggressive. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> a grinder. Yes. It's a grinder. Sounds what? Aggressive? Aggressive. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of poop. Okay. <laughs> I was not prepared for this discussion today. It's part of life. I mean, how much of your how much of your business is talking about poop? It, it's a major part because it's it is. I mean, like it's it's a big hurdle. Yes, because the last thing you want is a tenant calling you saying my toilet is clogged. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So <laughs> your grinder grinds up your poop, and it also grinds up your toilet paper. And then it makes the slush, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then when that sump pump, when the the level gets high enough, just like in a toilet, that water turns on that float, right? And whoosh, it pushes all of that liquid, which is also your shower water, your, your water from your kitchen sink, all of that, through that four-inch pipe, mm-hmm. black pipe, all the way out to where your sewer's hooked up. So depending upon... The more plumbing that the further away you are from that out of that the house where that sewer is going to hook up, 
the more money you're gonna you're gonna spend in digging trenches and in supplies. Okay. 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 So that was my next question. Here is we're just on this utility side, right? Mm-hmm. Plumbing, running electric, things like that. What are we talking for Kelly ballpark mm-hmm. to? Just get her tiny house, her imaginary tiny house, you know, water, a poop grinder, some electric. <laughs> what are we talking here? Is this is this like a $2,000 project? Is this like a $20,000 utility issue? We'll say closer to $8,000 for, okay, okay. for your plumbing. Okay. 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 So, and that, and I'm talking plumbing. On the inside, also running your plumbing lines, you know, okay. your washing machine, your sinks, your showers that all connect underneath. And then a little, the way we do the tiny houses is we do a regular out, almost like you're going to an RV park with the same kind of an out with a little valve that shuts everything off or stops everything in case there's a leak. Shut off valves are crucial. Anyone who's mm-hmm. listening, don't. Try to save 50 bucks and tell your plumber not to put on a shutoff valve. Put on a shutoff valve. Because if something happens, you don't want to disconnect water to, if it's hooked up to your house, to your whole house, just because there's a leak in the tiny house. Right. So have a shutoff valve. It's worth it. It's worth the 50 bucks or 75 bucks that your plumber's going to charge you. Now, what about electric? Are you running that off the main house as well? Yeah. So you tie in. Okay. So... The way we do it is we tie into our regular main box, but then the tiny house or the trailer, the vintage trailer, they each have their own breaker boxes also. So I can shut power That's nice. Power off just to one of the trailers, or I can shut off power just to the tiny house. And then inside the tiny house, also in that breaker box is like the breaker for the electric stove or the breaker where all of my outside stuff is for the jacuzzi, stuff like that. So that's the, those are the setup pieces when you're thinking about Kelly, putting your tiny house in your backyard for placement um, and thinking about the cost. How close can you get to the water source? How close can you get to your, if, if you have a sewer out and your breaker box is all on the same side of the house, it's kind of a no brainer. Because it's going to mm-hmm. cost you so much less in material um, if you don't have to run electric cables mm-hmm. 200 feet. You know, you'll have right. to run it right. feet. Um, cable- I think I have my spot in mind okay. uh, of where it would go. What about layout? How would I choose a layout for my six foot five husband and myself? Vaulted being five five. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me ask you, is this going to be for you guys or for tenants in mind or both? Both. Our, our model, our business model is we want to set something up that we can live in if we want or have someone else live in if we choose to move to a different home. Okay. Um, do you have pets? Yes, a dog. So is, is Fido going to be uh, living in the tiny house too? Yes. Okay. And do you have any special? There's Fido now. Fido. <laughs> Fido's excited. Fido's ready. Timing, right? <laughs> Fido's so excited. <laughs> Fido, 
Sean's looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't even know why they're barking. Um, anyway, uh, now, what about any special hobbies or anything that you want to She needs a podcast area. A podcast That's area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, work from home. We both work from home. So a good, like, having two work from home type setups in 300 square feet. Oh, it sounds like you're not a good candidate for tiny. (laughs) So actually, Kelly just needs a good outdoor space. We do love outdoors. Uh, We spend a lot of time outdoors. And if we can have the doors open, uh, we open them. And this is actually good timing because we woke up at 3 a.m. last night to the sound of a cat. We don't have a cat. And we both sat up in bed. We're like, that's a cat. (laughs) And we have a neighbor cat called King Louie that likes to kind of think every family's his family. And so somehow in the middle of the day yesterday, he snuck in and then he's in our bedroom at 3 a.m. So it was hilarious. Oh my gosh. He's like... So I'd say, yeah, work from home space, love outside, uh, outdoor living, and the more natural light, the better. Okay. So lots of windows. Um, Do you want a loft or do you not want a loft? It doesn't matter. We would like guests to be able to stay. Okay. This is getting big. Kelly would like a 3,000 square foot house in her tiny house. <laughs> um, and then let's do an area. We'll do this. We'll do two lofts, one on each side, because the second loft adjacent from where your bedroom would be on the other loft, we mm-hmm. could have um, for your your creative juices to flow like almost like a feng shui area. You could do podcasts up there. You could design it how you want to with, you know, you could do a green screen up there. Um, Either have it to where you're sitting at a desk or like sitting on the floor, comfy, cozy, doing podcasts like that. Not, not so prim and proper, no office type setting like I'm in, (laughs) but um, something more casual we could do in that area, which also then sets for like a reading area. It also sets for a place to ponder and think about, you know, your next podcast or, you know, mm-hmm. what, what's your next step is in life, you know, just a fun place. Um, I like that. And then at the bottom, also we can add a, a place for the dog, build a uh, closet out. And then if you raise the closet, then you have under like storage underneath. But what we can mm-hmm. do is we'll open up that space for a dog bed. So the dog. Oh, oh cute. Where... Fido will be so happy. Yes. And then you underneath that. So your your dog bed would come up about probably seven inches, let's say. And then they have space to lay. But that seven inches is a drawer that's retractable where you have your food and water for the dog. Love it. And then that way it's out of the way because space is optimal in a tiny house. Mm -hmm. Every little ounce counts. Mm -hmm. Um, Downstairs, pull out bed um, or a couch that turns into a bed, however you want to do it. Um, There's so many options. If you want one that turns into a bed that's not already set up as like a hide a bed, Mm -hmm. then it's about how you want to build it based on the space that you want. Um, Are those comfortable? Yeah. Yeah, so we have one that 
it, there's actually four separate cushions um, mm -hmm. that create this bed, but to keep from feeling this, the, the, where the pillows meet, we put a three inch uh, memory foam mattress on the top. So yes. it makes it a lot more comfortable. So we have an outside storage area. So we roll up that memory foam unless we have a tenant, you know, and keep it out there unless we have a tenant who wants that. And then I'll okay. show them how to, how to make the, the living room area into that bed. We'll pull out the memory foam and then they're like, wow. And then, and then sometimes they say, we're just going to stay down here instead of going up and down the stairs to the loft. Uh -huh. Okay, whatever you want to do. Um, all right, so Cheryl, I've got two questions that come to mind here. Yes. First of all, do you have like standard floor plans in your head that you're kind of picking through or are floor plans customized? And second, how much roughly should Kelly be budgeting for her, her husband, and Fido's imaginary tiny home. Okay. And guests. And, and guests. Um, I do have seven floor plans that are actually done and designed, which can be... That's awesome. Um, ...customized to the person's liking. Um, but you've got the base ready to go. Yes. That's and huge. And it's based on what they want. Just like I'm right. talking with Kelly, you know, what, what, what are your things or are you a music person do we need to add a recording studio to one you know right are you a, right. a cat person do we need catwalks around the top you know in trees so that cats can climb right you know it's just those are the biggest things because i think when people think of a tiny house they don't know where to start they don't know right. they think functionally i need a bathroom i need a washing machine i need a place to cook and and that's fine but it's very sterile there's no right. warm and fuzzy to any of that. There's nothing that makes it about you and who are you as a right. person. You know, if I was doing this for my daughter who, you know, is into the herbs, like I was telling you, and growing, mm -hmm. you know, and doing teas and stuff, she'd want a, mm -hmm. a, an herb wall garden or something, you know? <laughs> right. Because that's her. That's her personality. And so that's why it's really important when I sit down with people to know what are you looking for? Who are you as a person? And let's capture those things in your living space. Um, the other thing, I'm going to come back to your last question, but the other thing I wanted to tell Kelly too about the, the natural light. Another mm -hmm. thing that really is nice in a tiny house are French doors because they, they can open wide and you can get that fresh morning air or evening air, whichever the case may be. And it just whether you put like those invisible screens, you know, that mm -hmm. have the magnet down the middle, you can't, uh -huh. can, you know, whatever you want to do with those, but they just add so much light and beauty to the inside of a tiny house. They're amazing. But, um, I love French doors. Me too. They're just, uh, mm -hmm. they're beautiful. The other thing, um, your last question, budget wise, Kelly, how big do you want your tiny house? How long do you want it to be? Generally, they're eight feet by whatever you think. Mm -hmm. Are you looking at? If it if it's one that needs to be on, uh, you mentioned uh, you know having it on a trailer where you can move it from property to property. That wouldn't be a bad idea for us because the home uh, we bought it knowing that we'll probably only own it five to ten years as it may be developed into a commercial area. Uh, the the Belton 
area is already really close to bordering our our street it's on a main road so it's likely that down the road we might be surrounded by grocery stores and things like that potentially right we don't know for sure so on a on a what size does it need to be to be on a trailer what's the maximum you could go 30 feet easily um, oh okay so which is good size i mean i have mm -hmm. the person i was telling about from boeing staying for 18 mm -hmm. months the one she's in is only 20 feet okay eight by 20 with a queen, uh, queen size loft so it's two, 205 square feet and it's plenty spacious for her she said it feels huge um so for the things that you want especially making sure you and your husband both have adequate space to work mm -hmm. where you're not on top of each other so you're not <laughs> waiting for the plug on the side of the wall so you can do your work um, right i would say anywhere from 24 to 30. okay would be and then we would just keep in mind what the maximum weight is that our truck can pull um, yes. if we needed to move it, which I think is like 9,000 pounds or something. Yes. But this, this has been so informative, uh, that talking about the, you know, what kind of layout we would have, how to start with your electric and your plumbing, etc. So Cheryl, if I or someone else don't want to do it alone and would like to have someone walking us through the process, mm -hmm. we're going to give you the floor to kind of let people know how should they get a hold of you? What does the process process look like if they want to uh, talk to you or hire you uh, to be their tiny mm -hmm. living consultant? <laughs> they can reach me on my website, which is beyondtiny.com. And um, just, it, it'll say on there, message me or something like that for a free consultation. Um, just reach out to me that way. I love to talk to you. Um, if you're close by, you know, I'll come to your property. We can do stuff. I've done some FaceTime Zoom things too with people, you know, walking around their property to see what they have. So, you know, we can make it work for sure. Love it. Love it. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so let's see. Uh, typically, we would transition into landlord logistics now. I think there's no reason not to. If you only wanted to hear about the tiny house portion, then, you know, feel free to go ahead and leave a comment and you can stop listening now. But we've got some great extra stuff we can cover uh, of how does Cheryl take care of her uh, traveling nurses in her tiny houses and what are her favorite uh, furnish finder and key check features that she's found value out of. So stay tuned if you want to hear the rest uh, of this portion um, and we will jump into landlord logistics now. So one thing that you said Cheryl uh, on your website is that initially you thought you would want to do Airbnb but you got a little nervous and uh, you weren't certain about it and then you heard about traveling professionals and uh, you found that was a huge success and that you needed more tinies in your area so why did your market specifically and why don't you let everyone know what market you're in in case they have any interest in investing in your area as well um I think well I love furnished finder let me just say that I it's made life so simple and I've had great experience with every tenant I've ever had. So um, I think in my area particular, 
there's still there's such a need for private housing or private spaces. Um, I'm big on I, I personally don't have shared spaces because I, I think about what I would want and I'm the kind of person, especially the older I get, <laughs> I just want to come home and just, you know, put my pajamas on, lay on the couch, watch TV, you know, maybe eat a bowl of cereal, maybe cook a full course meal, you know? And um, I think that's just one thing that, you know, I love to do is just make sure that their personal space is everything that they could need and want and try to create almost like a vacation feel for them while they're away. And I think that's why, you know, they love the spaces so much and, you know, and, and I'm super communicative. Uh, if they have an issue, I'm not waiting two or three days. Um, I handle it immediately. That's great. Uh, and as far as ROI, uh, how valuable has it been using tiny living as part of your investment strategy? Uh, what, what, what's your, what's your return on investment? It's huge because um, I'm never not with a tenant. You know, all of our, our rentals, I have I have someone that she messaged me yesterday. She's one of my tenants. She's a returning tenant. And she has someone who needs a place from January through May. And I'm fully booked, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, she's a coworker of hers. And so the need is still there. So I my return on investment is a hundred percent. I, I just stay, I stay booked. I mean, are you looking for numbers? Are you looking? Yeah, let's talk numbers. So I would say, we'll just say the first tiny house Mm -hmm. when we finished was 75,000 and I've been renting it. I haven't even done the numbers. It's funny. I've been renting it. I rent for 1500 a month on that particular unit. And it's, you know, everything is included naturally, as you know. Right. Um, and so 1500 I can do the math if you want me to. Um, oh, my phone's off. Um, okay. Well, I think you had mentioned you pro- on our intro call that you think it's about 90% profit yes. and 10% expenses. Yes. So that $1,500, you are keeping about 90% of it in right. your utilities, your electricity. You have three on solar. So about 10% it comes out of that, uh, out of that profit, which is not much at all. No, right? it's really not. And I think being on solar helps, you know, and mm-hmm. then with our entertainment package, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a one we pay for those of you who want to know more about this, you know, let me know because I can, I can give you the hookup, but we pay, um, 170 a month and that covers all of our units and it covers our house, our whole house here. And we have five, four TVs in the house also, and then eight additional TVs on at different locations. So it's, you know, it it just was so smart for us to get rid of cable, your traditional cable um, and do it this way because it was just very, very beneficial. Nice. 
So 90-10 or 85-15, either way. Love it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> well, I think, Cheryl, our, our last question to kind of wrap up the landlord logistics section is tell us your favorite parts about Furnish Finder and KeyCheck and how they have really served your business and help you to reach your goals. Making the process easy. Um, Furnish Finder making the process easy has been huge for me because when I when I first listed it, again, me being so nervous and scared having that first tenant, I saw how simple it was. And I think, um, you know, I've seen it evolve and I've seen, you know, where adding the house rules, adding, you know, the tenant screening, things that have changed, um, have made it so simple for me. And I just recommend it so much to other people because you're, you're getting a quality tenant. You're not getting someone that, you know, they're bouncing around from place to place, you know, not sure the direction in life, but these are professionals, you know, and mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that every professional is smart and this and trustworthy, but for me, 99.9% .9 of every person that I've dealt with has right. been fantastic. And, uh, and that's what the tenant screenings are for as well, to make sure you yes. are getting that professional in your home absolutely right. so um i highly recommend it highly recommend it and for anyone going into short-term rentals awesome well Love cheryl it. we so appreciate you uh giving us time today to be on the show Likewise. anyone else that's yeah awesome <laughs> thank you uh anyone else that's interested in sharing their story we just love getting to share the everyday landlord story of how furnish finder has been a part of your business and you know just all the different styles of hosting that are out there so this tiny living episode was really special uh, to so many people i'm sure <laughs> that have that tiny dream so um if you are loving our show please do subscribe share it with your friends and if you want to know more from cheryl or you know have any certain topics that you want to discuss then you can comment on youtube um so thank you so much for being here and we look forward to our next episode every tuesday